you think sexy mayors are upset they don't have an acronym that points out how attractive they are? Because <laughs> MILF's already taken, right? There's those no such thing as mayor I'd like to f- I mean, I think you could just use the MILF acronym and keep it that way. Well, only if you're, like, a woman with children. So just for the mayor in this movie, just Linda Hamilton can do this. It's no. MILF with two M's? Yes. Mayoral mom that I would... <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. That could be something. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. I don't think there's that many mayors out there that I'd be uh, interested in. Well, you haven't seen all the mayors in the world. Think about how many <laughs> cities and towns there are. Okay. There's got to be some You're attractive right. mayors. I might be underselling some beautiful mayors. This warrants further research, I think. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we are back from our summer vacation and kicking off our fourth season. And as you can tell, we are in the exact same mental place we were at the end of last season. I think the new acronym <laughs> is is EOLF, elected official. Uh, I'd like to f- I love that you're still thinking about this. Yeah. Before we get to today's movie, we have to do a little housekeeping first. Uh, if you've been listening to our last few seasons, you know that we put out an episode every week, but we're going to be uh, doing it a little bit differently this year because of some life stuff. We're knocking that back to new episodes every two weeks, but we're not going to be taking the winter break we normally do in January, February. We're powering straight through to June, new episodes every two weeks. So keep your eyes open for those, or better yet, just subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, that's uh, a good plug there. I like it. So uh, this fourth season's going to be a little less frequent, but still lots of content out there for you. We are just getting started, too. The movie we're doing today was the winner of our seasonal vote-off. Yeah, it won the volcano face-off between... Uh, well, Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones and the winner, Dante's Peak, that we will be talking about here today. Nice. But we have just a little bit more housekeeping. Uh, it was brought to our attention that our season finale, someone may have neglected to <laughs> leave uh, their enjoyability rating. Yeah, if you listen to our uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull season three finale episode, I did not give my one to ten rating for how enjoyable the movie was. Uh, what happened was I was so fucking mad at you for defending that abomination that I basically <laughs> lost it and forgot to put it in there. Uh, <laughs> so for everyone who mentioned or pointed that out to us, I'll give you my enjoyable rating now. One out of ten. <laughs> that movie blows ass. I was mad the whole time I was watching it, but not as mad as I would be later when talking about it with you and all. So there you go. Well, I'm glad that uh, I enraged you so much in our last episode. Let's see if we can get to uh, those kind of volcanic eruptions in this one. Maybe. Now, before we get to Dante's Peak, the winner of our season premiere poll, as always, we are pairing the movie with a beer. And in fact, this beer is the reason we came up with our uh, season premiere face-off. What are we drinking today, Noel? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It's called Volcano Sauce. Yeah. I mean, that's a lockdown. This is a sour ale. It's brewed with blackberries, blueberries, milk sugar, and vanilla. Okay. So a lot of flavors going on in there. This is from the Aslan Brewing Company. They're originally out of Virginia. They have a couple locations there, one in Washington, D.C., and one in Pittsburgh, which is where we picked this one up. That's on right. Trip. We visited Pittsburgh over the summer and spent a little time, and keyword there, little time at the Aslan Brewery. We should have spent more, but we ended up going there the last day we were in Pittsburgh, and we had to fucking drive home, and it was a bad call on my part, and uh, we missed out on what looked like a really cool place with a deep fridge. Yeah, they have a huge selection of stuff. This brewery started in 2015 by two brother-in-laws. Two guys married into the Aslan family, and that's where the name comes from. Oh, that's nice. They named it after their uh, 
I almost said daughters. They're wives. Yeah, they're wives. Yeah. They're named after their wives. So that's where, where this one comes from. Uh, they have a real sense of community, I think, around their breweries. They're about creating a really cool space, but they also have a very experimental side. So it was a little bit of a shame we didn't get more time to spend at this place. Uh, I said I was sorry, all right? I, I fucked up. <laughs> I blew it. I think you're holding it uh, yourself uh, in more contempt than There's I am There's just on this so one, many yeah. breweries, man. Pittsburgh has so many fucking craft breweries. What did we go to, like 9, 10? Yeah, there were so many. We, we're definitely going to have to go back again. Oh, you don't have to twist my arm on that one for sure. So uh, why don't we get into this right now? I'm very excited to drink this much like yourself. I'm a fruited sour man. Let's do it. Here we go. So after the Universal logo, we open with some ominous music and a flyover shot that eventually comes to a stop over a volcano that immediately erupts as the title zooms in. And my first thought was, Jesus Christ, are we going right into this? No preamble, no character development, just right into the disaster? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. The shots of the volcano starting to erupt are pretty good. I like the overhead. There was some weird stuff um, going on as these people were fleeing. In particular, the image of a person dragging a cross as they fled I thought was interesting. I was pretty convinced this was mostly some kind of like flashback or historic eruption from the past. Some of the people look kind of old-fashioned with their style and stuff. But then Pierce Brosnan drives in a truck just frantically wiping the inside of his window, so I didn't know what the hell was going on. And if I want to give the filmmakers credit here, I was thoroughly disoriented by this opening sequence, which I guess is how a person would feel if they were actually in the blast radius of a volcanic eruption. Yeah, clearly we are not in an American or European city here, right? This looks like sort of a South American or more coastal place. I'm getting the vibes that, like, this is a town that doesn't have the same kind of technology. We do get that truck coming in. It's fighting against traffic, though. Pierce Brosnan's pushing towards the volcano. This immediately tells me that he is some kind of... Uh, I don't know, like Volcano Chaser. This reminded me immediately of Twister. Okay, yeah. Right, I'm getting that vibe. Even the truck kind of looks like the truck from Twister that has the technology on it as they go and chase down. Are you sad that it wasn't Bill Paxton here? <laughs> or Sam Neill. Because uh, <laughs> this also feels a ton like JP. Yeah, you were saying that. that. Yeah, There's yeah. big Jurassic Park vibes as we go through. I can see it. This is definitely uh, in a similar vein of those movies. As you pointed out, he is kind of going against traffic here as he rushes back to his lab setup to retrieve his equipment and girlfriend. Turns out she's his partner in both life and science. They're volcanologists, which that can't be what this type of science is really called, right? Volcanology? It sounds made up. <laughs> it does sound made up, but I don't know. I think it could be real. It just makes you think of Star Trek a little bit too much, but they also kind they of mentioned like that later in yeah. the movie, which is funny. I found it interesting that Pierce Brosnan is our, like, smart volcanologist here. He's going to be the leading man. Are there a lot of volcanoes in Ireland? Is that, uh... Oh, is he Irish? Yeah. I thought he was British. Oh, I think he's Irish. It seems like a strange place to be from, to become an expert in volcanoes. I mean, I guess you can. Um, I was hoping he actually had an American accent throughout this. Like, I ha I was no. reflecting back on it. I was like, I wonder if I he's going to try to pull I don't think he can do an American accent. I don't accent. think he can either, but I wanted to see it. I mean, that would be something for sure. Well, despite his best efforts to escape the smoke and soot and possible lava, his lady dies when a piece of falling debris smashes through the roof of the truck and directly onto her head. Million to one shot. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> As they're fleeing too, right? Like he's talking to her. They're expressing how much they love each other. Um, and then she immediately eats it in the head. There's a 
reasonably good like death scene. They don't show the gore. You get like a uh, you pan yeah. over and she's got blood in her forehead. And she's just kind of twitching. But yeah. like, what are yeah. the chances that drills her right in the cranium? Oh my god! And then the like really poor acting of Pierce Brosnan as he holds her to his body as she's dead <laughs> is is really rough. Yeah, we don't quite get a full no, but it's pretty close. And the next time we see him, it's four years later. He is aggressively doing push-ups as the camera pans around what is clearly a bachelor's apartment. The place is absolutely filthy, so it's clear he isn't married or like dating anybody. But if he isn't filling his life with the ladies, then what is he filling it with? Well, in the next scene, we get a pretty strong impression that the answer is work. It is interesting, right? It's been four years later. It's He still hasn't moved on from this um, tragedy. Out of all the empty beer bottles and pizza boxes. Yeah, tell, us, tell anything. us anything about it. He's still sort of living that life where all he does is, is work and then uh, exercise and eat crap, it seems like. I don't know why they had that opening scene. I don't know why either because it doesn't really pay off later. I mean, I guess it, in theory... We could sort of feel nervous for him because he's living all of this again later on. But like that's they don't really kind of we have to make that leap ourselves. They don't really like lead us that way. I don't know. No, it builds minor like relationship stakes or emotional stakes later as he meets Linda Hamilton. But it just shows why handsome Pierce Brosnan is single. Oh, that's what they had. Only an emotional trauma would cause him not to have like some hot live in girlfriend or something. This is what they needed to explain why he was so good at volcanology, why he had dedicated the last four years of his life. Right. Like. Otherwise, he would just be too distracted with laying pipe to uh, actually be good at his job. <laughs> exactly. Okay. You know what, though? Speaking of his job, that, that work he's doing is maybe not supposed to be as exciting as it ends up being, at least not based on this bit of conversation. I'm sorry I had to drag you in like this, Harry, but we are picking up some activity around Dante's Peak. This is a joke, right? Dante's Peak? Now, what do you think the odds are against an eruption up there? 1,000 to 1? More like 10,000 to 1. I'll take that bet. <laughs> also, bonus points to them for working the title in in less than 10 minutes in this movie. Yeah, they've done a good job here. Um, so he's working out of Washington State, right? They're researching. Makes sense that they're on the West Coast where there is a lot of mountains that were created by those tectonic plates and volcanoes could exist there. I like the location of this movie. Okay. Like, I like that they've chose to place it in that spot. We put out the vote for Volcano in this. and Volcano I'm, takes place in Los Angeles, right? Well, that's, that's a very different... Uh, which is so weird to me, right? Well, that, but the stakes are bigger in a big location. You put it in the city of LA, you got landmarks, you've got millions of people, right? The population of this town is 7,000. Oh, I agree. The stakes are way bigger in the other one. It just... This seems like a more plausible place for a volcano to erupt to me. I don't know. I don't know enough about volcanoes to, to make that judgment. But Los Angeles seems ridiculous to me. You didn't do any research in the two months we had office. <laughs> the volcanology. <laughs> that's what I should have been doing all summer. Shit. Yeah. Could have changed careers. Well, uh, this town may be small, but as we see in the next scene, this would be an exceptionally bad time for the volcano to erupt, as Dante's Peak is absolutely full of people for the Pioneer Days Festival. We get a hilarious shot of Pierce Brosnan pulling into a motel, getting out of his truck and staring up at the mountain. Staring it down is more like it. He is super intense here, and it made me laugh out loud. (laughs) He knows his job. He needs to keep that mountain in check, and he's going to do it hard. (laughs) For real. Now, the first thing he does upon checking in is ask where he can find the mayor. Turns out she's right around the corner receiving an award on behalf of the town because Dante's Peak has been named the second best place to live in the U.S., population under 20,000. 
And the mayor is being played by Linda Hamilton, who is about as far away from Sarah Connor as you could possibly be here. Yeah, it's true. That is not this role here. No. Um, she's coming in a little bit late to this appearance because she is a single mom and she's getting her kids in the right spot. So you're kind of getting a lot of that vibe early, right? So we're gonna that's gonna be a big part of her thing. I noticed that she had a stronger jawline than Pierce Brosnan immediately. Oh, come on now. Let's not insult Linda Hamilton's appearance. It just made her a good candidate to be mayor is what I was saying. Oh, I see what you're saying. She has that uh, almost like regal uh, fucking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, She has that presence. So I actually thought it was a good casting choice for this. Jaw like a Disney prince. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the uh, (laughs) guest on. The first sign of trouble doesn't happen at this ceremony or even there in town. Instead, we get a quick scene where a couple of young back Packers are about to bang in a nearby hot spring. Now, unfortunately for them, when things start getting really hot, it is not in a metaphorical sense. And the sudden increase in temperature literally boils them to death like a couple of sexy lobsters. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> These poor people think that they are just hopping into this hot spring for some nice afternoon lovemaking when it turns into, yeah, a nightmare. Pretty much the exact opposite of what you're hoping for. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of cut away from them and back to Pierce Brosnan meeting the mayor here. Oh, yeah. She agrees to show him around town, but she's got her kids with her. Well, one of them anyway. They have to make a stop to pick up her shitheel son. Or at least that's the impression it seems they're trying to give him here, which he does not live up to. They kind of make him sound like a dirtbag. Like he's always in trouble. He seems like a pretty nice kid. Yeah, I mean, trouble is relative. There's not so much trouble you can get into in the, like, sweet town of Dante's Peak. Oh, I don't know, buddy. A lot of people get into a lot of trouble in small towns in America and Canada. Let's not kid ourselves. I guess that's true. He also is pretty young. So the, like, level of trouble this kid can get into as, like, a 10-year-old is much different than what you would get into as a, like, teenager. Well, I was expecting it. They were talking about it. I expected some fucking, like, dirtbag 17-year-old to walk out. Not the case at all. This is where I start getting the Jurassic Park vibes for me. Right. We've got the two children and the single mom, and now we've got the scientist coming in who is going to make a connection with this family immediately, right? Oh, yeah. And the daughter, uh, she's that kind of plucky stock character you see in every movie, you know, mouthy in that cute way where the stuff she says is like slightly beyond her years. Wasn't that a Jurassic Park thing too? Yeah, absolutely it was. So it fits pretty like carefully there i feel like we know these kids are going to be in harm's way at some point here soon and that pierce is going to have to save them yeah i like how the daughter was also confused about pierce brosnan's job description you know about this stuff mm-hmm. yeah just a little bit dr dalton's a geologist a volcanologist actually you mean like dr spock and mr spock well kind of but without the ears you know? i can't tell if the son is actually a nerd or if that was a subtle dig at pierce brosnan's character like he didn't want to call him doctor you know what i mean <laughs> no i think the son was a nerd but well yeah as it turns out later that's true but in the moment i'm, I'm waiting for him to be a dirtbag so i'm like he's gonna be a fucking dick to pierce You're brosnan. looking for all not the really. asshole kid stuff yeah, yeah. yeah no it doesn't happen it does not uh after totally organically working in that she isn't married bronson gets a knowing grin on his face after that one the mayor drops her kids off with their ex-mother-in-law, or tries to anyway. Instead, this old lady somehow invites herself along. It's not the only thing she's forceful about either. She is adamant that there's nothing going on with the volcano, but the look on Pierce Brosnan's face when he checks some local pH levels makes me think she might be wrong about that. You know, that and everything we saw in the trailer and movie poster. Yeah, this old lady is determined to stay in her home at the edge of the mountain and will not believe any evidence. pH levels, though, are probably not enough to let us know that something really bad is going to happen here. What else do they kind of discover on the way? 
Well, in a terrible coincidence, old grandma decides to take the kids swimming in a nearby body of water. And that body of water just happens to be the hot spring where those two backpackers got cooked earlier. Now, luckily, Pierce Brosnan spots those floating corpses mere seconds before the mayor's son jumps in, but does an absolutely awful job of stopping the kids from seeing them. That, combined with some other telltale signs, dead plants and animals, tells Pierce Brosnan that there's trouble on the way, but when he calls his bosses, they inexplicably don't believe him. He's a fucking expert, and as he points out, they send him there. On a scale of one to the mayor and Jaws, I'd put this about a seven for bureaucratic arrogance, and it gets even worse in the next scene. <laughs> so Brosnan is rightly concerned. He would like to call a meeting of the town council to talk to them about their next steps. His boss, though, not so keen on this same kind of idea, but I guess concerned enough that he is willing to fly out with his team to check this out to see what's happening. The mayor and Brosnan collect the town council, and what happens at that meeting? Well, I'll tell you what happens. His boss shows up to cut his balls off in front of them, which causes Bronson to tell his boss that he fucked up and storm out. Now, I and his boss assumed he'd be heading back to fucking Portland or wherever the fuck he came from, but so confident is Pierce Brosnan that not only does he not leave, he doubles down when his boss asks him why he's still there. Decide to stick around. Yeah, I can see that. The question is why. Because this town's in trouble. I'm the best man you got. This scene is a total dick measuring contest, and Brosnan just broke the ruler. <laughs> oh, yeah. This scene plus the council scene are a bit rough. There's members of the council who don't want to, like, alert the public because None they're worried about business deals are going to go down. The mayor, the mayor. The mayor's rightfully concerned. There might be wow. one or two people who support her. Is she rightfully concerned, or is she just all starry-eyed over Pierce Brosnan? Uh, she trusts him. He saved her son's life, and he's a handsome gentleman, so she <laughs> she's persuaded by order. him. Yeah, maybe yeah. not in that order. It is interesting that the boss shows up and shuts this down. Oh, God, right away. I think you'd rather err on the side of caution here. I don't know about you, but if I were the one making these calls, wouldn't you rather clear an area and then have everyone go back and have some small economic consequences or would you rather like leave a town to face an explosion of a volcano well the problem and they point this out is you have no way of knowing when the volcano is going to erupt you could pull them out of there for a month and a half it might not explode and then what right and the, and the scientific readings they've gotten are not in that danger zone yet brosnan's seeing signs but everything they've tested for is like within acceptable level. So I like I in this case, erring on the side of caution to me is like don't displace everyone until at least you have more indicators. Which, however, they then also don't do later. Yeah. So yeah. so maybe that's the problem, right? They they're so blind to the indicators. They rightfully say that this could happen at any mountain, and all of these things are are things that don't necessarily mean it will pop, but Pierce obviously knows what's happening here. He's got this lockdown. His name is Harry. Is his character Harry? Harry Dal Dalton? Yeah, Harry's got this on lockdown. I was wondering whether we would know today sooner if a volcano was going to explode. Like, I have to assume technology's better. You see the computers and stuff they're using later, or that fucking rover they send in? It looked rough. It is interesting. I did put that in my notes that the computers definitely looked aged, but a lot of the robotics and the sensor stuff seems pretty similar to what we would have now. I also... They also like spent a lot of time canceling most of those programs in the US over the last like decade. You did do some fucking research. Yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah. So a lot of that early tornado and like 
a volcano and all of those programs, they like, I don't know why, but decided that they would stop valuing it in the same way. I guess it was just government priorities. Uh, so a lot of those things, we might actually have less evidence or time or less teams like that to to know about, which is interesting, right? You think we would need more or we'd have better tech and we could maybe use it more effectively. Maybe that's what they that, That's what I would think. Back then, they seem to be flying a little bit blind. And uh, despite that fact, Brosnan's boss can't help but be impressed with his confidence. So he makes a deal with him. Pierce Brosnan can stick around and do whatever he's going to do as long as he runs everything through the boss. Now, with that out of the way, there's only one thing left to do. Clumsily work in some romantic intrigue by having Pierce Brosnan visit the mayor at a diner she also works at. This felt forced. Yeah, she runs the diner, which is interesting, right? Like it's her own, like it's almost diner slash grocer. He can go and pick up supplies and stuff. The relationship is definitely forced. He comes to apologize for putting her next mayoral race in jeopardy here. The council's mad at her for potentially suggesting evacuation. But she's sweet on him. Uh, she invites him over for dinner that night. Yes, so she does. They He agrees, and they're going to have a little bit of a date. Our romantic subplot is forming here. To up the stakes when a volcano explodes, it's definitely better for him to have a love interest and to like feel I mean, like you've got to. You've just yeah. got to, right? It's it had movies to 101. Yeah. Um, after a quick helicopter scene where all the data they're getting from the volcano is totally normal, I swear. We get to see this dinner where Brosnan charms the mayor by first goofing around with her kids and then pulling back the curtain to tell her all about his doomed romantic life. But we both know it isn't that doomed as we see her practicing how to casually say hello to him in her car the next day. So just like with the volcano, there is a lot building up beneath the surface here. (laughs) In their loins? Is that what you're saying? That's right, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's some tectonic shifts happening uh, below the belt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for both of them, I think. I don't think this is a one-way thing. The dinner seems to go well and everything's good. Hamilton's definitely smitten, falling for Brosnan. He's he's doing all the right, like... It's fucking Pierce Brosnan. The man's handsome as fuck. But he's also charming the children. Well, that's and, what yeah. really does it, I think, yeah. When he's, like, indulging her kids and doing magic tricks and shit. Yeah, exactly. And now we're going to transition to science porn time, is what I would call it. Yeah, they discuss a lot of scientific and some non-scientific things in the few quick scenes here with Pierce Brosnan's team. Now, this stuff with the other volcanologists or techs or whatever they are, it's really just trying to get us emotionally invested in some characters that... That could possibly die. And they pretty much immediately start testing that when we see the rover in action. Yeah, the rover starts going down. The guy who fixes the rover, I think his name is Terry. Terry, yeah. We've got Harry and Terry here, which is fucking annoying, to be honest. <laughs> um, so Terry is doing that, like, really lame, predictable thing where it, when it's not working, you just kick it and hit it a bunch. Well, first he has to, like, rappel down a dangerous part of the mountain, and they're like, don't do it, Harry, and he just fucking does it. Yeah, he does it. He doesn't listen. So, of course, he, he rappels down, and he starts kicking, and it starts moving for a second, but then what happens? Well, seismic activity causes a rock slide that breaks his leg and temporarily buries him, so it's time for a helicopter rescue. Now, this sounds exciting, and they try and pump it up with dramatic music, but this scene just didn't really deliver any action for me, you know? Yeah, we didn't really care about Terry. No. He didn't sell it on me. He's kind of comic relief-ish in that science crew, I guess. I did enjoy the shot of them getting lifted out. There, there's a It flies around, and there's too much helicopter shots. Yeah, Brosnan goes down there to, like, dig him out. 
out. Yeah, when, when he clips onto the two of them and it lifts them out and over the mountain, I actually quite enjoyed that shot and felt like that was fairly exciting. I don't know. Like, for what should be an action scene, I was kind of underwhelmed. Now, the real fireworks come after they load this guy onto the chopper. Brosnan once again tells his boss they need to evacuate the town, but he doesn't want to sound the alarm over some minor tectonic quakes. The biggest one we measured was 2.9. I don't give a damn if it was a one Harry. one. Those quakes were shallow. Paul, damn shallow. I was up there. I felt this thing is going to blow. Harry, I'm warning you. I'm not going to have one of my people scaring the hell out of everybody because of guesswork and hunches. Another 48 hours will tell the tale. You get a grip. Do you think history will remember this guy as the most wrong ever or... <laughs> Yeah, this guy will not pull the fucking alarm bells here. He just refuses to accept any of the evidence. Brosnan is getting increasingly angry, right? He's getting frustrated. And the only place where he can take that sort of pent-up energy is into the bedroom. Well, not not yet, though, no. If he can't convince his boss, his next best option is to try and convince the rest of the team. But nobody bites. And although his boss gives him more than the promised 48 hours, nothing seems to be happening, so it's time to pack up and head home. And here's where we get to what you're talking about. Because if you knew you were leaving the next day and had been flirting with some hot mare for weeks, how would you spend your last night in town? Well, of course, he he meets her at the bar for some beverages. And then he offers to walk her home. So (laughs) they have a nice long walk and... They're walking along the bridge, and then the town, like, busybody gossip gives them a side eye as she Spots drives the by. the two of them getting a little close, yeah. yeah. So they get home, and uh, she offers to make him some coffee. Yeah, but he doesn't want coffee. No. He wants sex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, despite them both being a little out of practice, he seems pretty confident. I haven't been with anybody in a long time. Same, man. Do you know what they say? It's like riding a bicycle. Once you've learned, you never forget. But unfortunately, before he can get the mayor to take a different kind of entrance poll, huh? They're interrupted <laughs> by her daughter, who completely derails everything by asking for some water. Yep. So the mayor uh, tells him, don't worry, she'll be back in bed in 10 minutes, and then be ready to create frantically she's like don't worry she'll go back to tsunami <laughs> yeah there is going to be a uh, kind of natural disaster of a different kind in that bed i think after. oh my god why is it a disaster <laughs> I, I just pictured a lot of liquids <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> but they go to pour some water for the child and something's not right here Yeah, the copper color and pungent smell of the water is all the proof Pierce Brosnan needs to prove that this thing is really happening. His boss realizes what's up and calls the National Guard, but the earliest they can arrive is the next day, so the logical thing would clearly be to immediately evacuate the town. That's not quite the plan they come up with, though. Instead, landing on, invite everyone to a meeting at 6 o'clock p.m., roughly 8 to 12 hours later, and then announce the evacuation. Bureaucracy, ladies and gentlemen, your tax dollars at work. (laughs) <laughs> they even had the police out and like telling everyone in the town about this meeting. They could have been getting everyone to pack up and get the fuck out of here. Well, they also put the mayor on television. She like the local news telling everyone about how important the meeting is. That's when you just tell everyone to calmly evacuate town. That doesn't make for as exciting a shot though as having everyone in town in a building as shit starts to go. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you can believe it, the volcano erupts at the exact moment Brosnan and the mayor are telling everyone that the number one thing they don't want is panic. Irony! (laughs) And of course there's panic. Immediately! Yeah, um... Everyone rushes out as they're trying to tell them to be calm. A few people get trampled. 
Thankfully, Brazen's able to push through and pull them to their feet, and it doesn't seem like anyone dies from this trampling, but everyone is on their way out of town now. Everyone is in a panic. The mayor calls her kids, tells them to get packed up and get ready to go, and they're going to head over and pick them up from that diner. They are, yeah, and it is a complete scene of panic, like you said. People are screaming and running in all directions. Things are crashing and falling down, and before you know it, Pierce Brosnan ends up right back where he was at the start of the movie, frantically trying to drive a truck out of town with the lady he's boning in the passenger seat while the world falls apart around them. And I have to say, it is a true testament to this character's courage that he is able to function at all in what must be just a complete PTSD nightmare. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. Yeah, they don't show him actually having any ill effects of that. It's interesting because he, you would assume, as he's trying to rescue someone and flee from a volcano, he would be going back. I thought maybe they'd even show some flashbacks. Yeah, this is the time yeah. for that to make that connection, like we said. But instead, they all just like, they kind of blow right past. Like, he seems fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why that doesn't have an impact here. The volcano blows its top, right? It pops the top. Definitely. And, and then the action gets hot and heavy really quickly. I mean, similar to what would have happened in the bedroom the night before. If that... <laughs> yeah, no, I think I actually think this sequence is, like, fairly well done. Like, it's a big budget sequence. There's a lot of good effects of, like, things getting smashed and being destroyed. It seems very realistic. Also, making realistic, logical decisions are our main characters who head to the mayor's house to grab her kids. But unfortunately, that's the last time I'm going to be able to use the words logical and realistic for a while. Because where are her kids, Noel? <laughs> they decided that they had to go save Grandma. Grandma refused to come down from the mountain, and the kids were not going to let that go. So that kid, that boy before who you said... They were kind of making out to be trouble. Trouble by running to the exploding mountain, not by leaving and fleeing. Well, and driving a car. Yeah. He's so, driving the car. And he's doing it well, effectively. He's doing it insanely well. So it's fairly surprising that that is the case. But, ooh, yeah, more volcano sauce. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on here. Like you, I, I took some notes and really appreciated the destruction effects in this there's a ton of sets that they created and destroyed to film this none of it is cg all of it is real effects of them blowing it up but the actual destruction of the freeway and the destruction of the buildings it's good stuff really really well done i think that is actually the best parts of this movie yes are the actual cool destruction yeah. moments i think are the things that i appreciate the most the how fact, about how about the uh, how about the worst parts of this movie? Are any of these scenes coming up in the worst parts of this movie? I mean, the kids driving blind up a vo exploding volcano to grandma's is really frustrating. Well, you uh, know what else is frustrating? Yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> With precious little time to spare, Brosnan decides to take a shortcut by driving the truck across a river. Seriously, apparently the engine has a snorkel so it can keep running even when the bulk of the car is submerged. But even if you want to give the screenwriters credit for that one, they get stuck halfway across only to be knocked free by another car that also tried to drive across the river and just happens to bump into them. So they are back on their way and I am just furious. <laughs> I did notice uh, earlier in the film when he drove up that there was a snorkel on that vehicle. So I assumed that there was going to be a moment where they needed to go through a river. The fact that all those other people who did not have snorkel vehicles drove into the well, river after them. they see him them. doing it and they're like, oh, what a good idea. But you, if you know that your car is not going to make it through, the reason why they're all driving through rivers is because there's huge traffic jams and all the bridges yes. are out and shit is falling apart here. If they had evacuated the town before that town meeting, like, the 12 hours when they knew things were going to go wrong. None of this would have happened, but of course, here we are. 
They get luckily bumped, and they're headed up the mountain, too. They're hot on the pursuit of the kids, right? Yeah, which is going to take them past the kind of the research center that they've got set up for Brosnan and his crew. And now we get to the helicopter scene, which, for something that was only a minute and a half long, this must have cost them a lot of money. And I'll be honest, I didn't think it was worth it. Yeah, it's true. There's not a ton of payoff here. They're basically saying all helicopter pilots are like crooked or just out for money. Yeah, (laughs) just want cash. I wonder if they had to pay for very expensive helicopter um, experiences in filming the movie and they were like, we're going to stick it to this guy in the script. I don't know, maybe, well, if you notice that the only passengers that guy takes up are the two, like, business guys that were in the town council meeting. They're, like, leaders of the economy, and by that token, I guess they're just evil. We kind of find that out, yeah. like, in this scene. That's kind of where it goes. It's it's feeling very paint-by-numbers at this point. But it seems almost unnecessary. Like, we've seen these characters for maybe, who gives a shit if they die or not? Like, really, it's just that the uh, Brosnan and Linda Hamilton have to dodge a crashing helicopter in their fucking truck. Yeah, and that is pretty bullshit the fact that the helicopter comes down like directly in front of them it bounces off the ground flies over them and then explodes when it hits a building yeah it's it's not super uh realistic or great either way at this point pierce brosnan and the mayor have driven across a river and dodged a crashing helicopter so you're probably asking yourself what's next well if you said successfully navigate a full-blown rock slide then bingo they do in fact make their way up the mountain to grandma's house And I love that she is still sticking to her guns on this whole there's no danger thing. This map's never going to hurt us, believe me. You're such a fool, Rose. Come on. It takes her literally less than 10 seconds to be proven wrong when a river of lava busts through a wall at the Kool-Aid Man. Oh my god, it's ridiculous here. This was the first kind of bad CG. I was going to say, you mentioned the realistic effects in no CG. And in my mind, I'm like, what about the lava? Yeah, this moment when it comes through, I actually think it's the worst effect um, in it. Oh, yeah, easily. Some of the other lava stuff seems very good. Well, because they've got it kind of off to the side. It's still like clearly fake looking CG, but at least it's not in like the foreground. This comes right at you and it's not. No, it's effective. It's not very good. So... They somehow get out in time, even though lava has bust through it. Um, but they don't really have anywhere to go, so they run over to Grandma's tinner. Yeah, with the cabin on fire and the road back down the mountain completely destroyed, there's only one way out, and that is Grandma's little boat there. They fire up the outboard motor and attempt to cross the lake, but the problem is there's something they don't know, which is the lake has become acid. The fish are all dead, the boat is starting to dissolve, and the children are scared. So Pierce Brosnan does what any rational man would do in that scenario. He lies to them. He lies to their fucking faces and tells them everything's going to be all right. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you have to tell some half-truths or some non-truths to keep children and others in line when you're in an emergency situation. (laughs) Keep them in line. Yeah, this is is necessary, right? You don't want them to panic. They they have a like healthy rendition of row 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 your boat to keep their mind <laughs> off of the boat sinking. It becomes right? a little more frantic and forced as the, the boat starts to dissolve. Yeah, the tension here is okay, but it seems really silly. I don't know. There's something about this that isn't working. It it's it's like you know they're in a lot of danger. You know that there's no way they end this movie with them sinking and all dying in the middle of an acid lake. So you know that we're at least getting close to the edge of the lake before something goes bad. I mean, I knew all these things, but I did not know where they were going with this. As you mentioned, they are so close to making it across. They can see the shoreline, but the propeller dies, so they are trapped. But in a very real way, not like in that movie Beneath that we watched last season, you know? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so, <laughs> oh my god, drawing, this is actually a good thing to draw back to Beneath, because the lake that they have to go through is huge, unlike the one in Beneath, where you could see the edge all of the time. That was very silly, but a good episode, check out our oh, Beneath episode from last season. Definitely, definitely, really That was fun. a good time. Yeah, um, so they can see the edge, they're close, and you know what they decide to do, like you said, unlike in Beneath? It's Paddle. Yeah, Brosnan wraps his hand up in like his shirt, hoping that will like stop the acid from getting to him, but it's not doing the job. So with no other options, Grandma gets it done here. She takes one for the team and jumps into the water, burning the shit out of her lower body, but pushing the boat to shore. I was tempted to make the uh, she's the real hero of this movie argument here, but let's not forget they were only up there because she stubbornly refused to leave her home and was still trying to defend the mountain as it was literally destroying everything around her. So I guess this is more of a redemption arc for her, but either way, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, damn. Ruth fucking eats it here. Good on her for getting her grandkids to safety in the nick of time. She knows that she doesn't have that much time left anyway, so she's going to sacrifice herself here. She obviously feels guilty about getting them up there, knows she's to blame. I think this is where she dies. Like, I thought they were just going to leave her here and she yeah. was done. Um, but they do all get to the edge and get off just in time. Brosnan not pulling off the dramatic here. Oh, you I, don't think so? No, I was not sold on his performance in these dramatic parts, in particular this one and the death scene for his girlfriend or at the start of the movie. They hire him for his handsomeness, not for his dramatic acting. I This is where I wondered what his background is. Yeah. Like, is he a theatrical... Like, is he from... Like, classically trained yeah. for the stage? I have no fucking idea. What? Well, I don't know. You're the movie guy. I was like, That's I thought fair. he'd come to you. I So I just wonder what his background is. Because I could see him having classical training just because he is British and comes well, I know from he's not a singer. You ever seen Mamma Mia? Oh, no. Is it awful? He's not the best. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so his drama and his singing have about the same amount of quality. In my <laughs> <laughs> I did not think his acting was that bad. However, maybe he feels like he's getting shown up by that fucking old lady being the person who pushes the boat in. And he's just sitting there getting a ride, free ride from grandma. Yeah, he pretty <laughs> much know. does, I think, and from the actor. Yeah. I Listen, I thought she was dead here, too, but... The next scene, they're carrying her down the mountain, and she's still alive. And I was like, God damn, is she actually going to make it? But no. We get an emotional goodbye as they lay a very charred grandma down, and she passes away. And right on cue, here come the waterworks, figuratively and literally. Yeah. We also do get a slight interlude where we see the army show up. So we know that they're here to help clear the town, and we do see the town is getting like emptied out pretty well. You know what else is going to clear the town? This dam bursting. Which I'm like, is this metaphorical? Is this meant to symbolize like, the tears falling for Grandma? Oh, not the lust that has not been fulfilled. No, that'll be later. Okay. It'll right, be a right different right. dam that bursts when uh, when he finally all, fills the mayor's Vesuvius. Right, you got yeah. it. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, uh, we get some more big budget action scenes here as the rushing water wipes out a bridge that Brosnan's team and some National Guardsmen were trying to cross. Don't worry. Everyone makes it except for Pierce Brosnan's boss, who gets wiped out with a dumb look on his face. So if you're keeping a score at home, the mountain has eliminated everyone who didn't believe in it. Maybe the mountain's the real hero of this movie. <laughs> or wiping out the yeah. doubters? I Just don't know. getting rid of the doubters? I mean, this scene of the two Hummers and the van trying to cross the bridge is... Uh, pretty well done. I enjoy it. The destruction of such a beautiful bridge is kind of criminal, but I uh, love bridges. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> I do it. Those gonna hurt your feelings. I was a little hurt. I was glad that that doubter boss though went down with the with it. He does express um, that he was wrong. He's like, "Let Brosnan know I was Tell wrong." Him I was wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's pretty clear at this point, but nice that he admits it. Yeah, yeah I liked it. It was funny. Sure, man. Uh, so we are starting to wind things down here, but Brosnan still needs to get the mayor and kids back down the mountain before they're all destroyed by the volcano. It won't be easy, but luckily he has a secret weapon, a completely unrealistic screenplay. I'm honestly not sure what's more absurd than this sequence. The fact that he tries to drive across hot magma that literally sets the truck on fire only for it to make it across without exploding and suddenly no longer being on fire or the fact that grandma's dog, which ran away earlier, just happens to be sitting on a tall rock that's right in the middle of that so they can grab it as they swing by. Seriously, it's a toss up. Yeah, this is like straight out of our last episode of uh, the previous season here. This crystal is, Skull? Yeah, this, this is, is a Crystal Skull-esque yeah. moment. I was shouting. It was late at night when I was watching this and I was shouting at my television with disregard to waking anyone up in my house because I was like, <laughs> they drive over a lava field and the truck doesn't explode. It still moves forward magically. I'm not sure how. And I was just yelling, yes! <laughs> the dog leaps over lava into the back of the truck and is saved. And I was screaming and laughing this is the worst part in this movie yes. by a hot mile. It's literally a hot mile. He has to yeah. drive across a hot mile of... The truck is on fire. The tires are on fire. The underside is on fire. The fucking fuel would have gone up like that. But they get across and it's not on fire anymore. Yeah. They cross onto like the regular ground and the truck is fine. You know how, It's fine. You know how angry I am when vehicles explode for stupid reasons? Yeah, this is the opposite of that. I was so angry that yeah. it didn't explode. <laughs> exactly. This is like the only case in our podcast where I was mad because a car didn't explode. <laughs> There you go. Well, this whole thing has been a great success. They've got the dog. The truck is fine. They've made it down the mountain where the mayor forlornly reflects on a lifetime spent improving a town that for all intents and purposes no longer exists. Eight years it took us to get this town on its feet. You wouldn't believe the struggle. Look at it. But things could always be worse, and they will be, as Pierce Brosnan swings by his lab slash command center to find that the computer is predicting an even bigger eruption than the one that just happened. And when, pray tell, is that massive eruption going to happen? How about now? <laughs> yeah, we are not at the crescendo yet. Things are about to explode. He also went back there because he knew they had this tracking device from a NASA testing uh, facility. So he grabs that tracking device, puts it in the truck with him, and they need a way out, but there are no bridges. There is no way out of this town. How the fuck are they going to survive this giant next explosion from the volcano? Well, that next explosion happens instantly. Much like with the town meeting, the second like they get there, it just goes. And Brosnan drives as hard as he can drive. But with the enormous pyroclastic cloud bearing down on them, he decides their only recourse is to smash through the doors of the old abandoned mine and ride things out there. Because if there's one place that would definitely be safe with a bunch of explosions and earthquakes happening, it's an old abandoned mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plan? This is their plan. Yeah, it seems pretty questionable, right? I think earthquakes in a mine shaft are probably not a good thing. Those things, I don't know how sturdy or like safe they are, but they collapse frequently as the far as mayor's literally yelling at her kid for being in there earlier in the movie she's like it's not safe and that's where they go well and the reason why they were in there early in the movie is so that there would be a little hideout for them when they crash so in they here. knew about it yeah, yeah. brazen would know about the mine god this is all just laid out so clearly 
Uh, predictably, this goes sideways. Residual seismic activity causes a bunch of the mine to collapse on Pierce Brosnan while he's trying to get that emergency transmitter you mentioned out of what's left of the truck. But he manages to kick it with his foot, which activates it and sends a signal to his team, who is able to send the National Guard to his exact location. And not only is he safe, he gets a standing ovation on his way out of the mine. That was nice. But yeah, there's a lot here. He makes this like silly deep sea fishing promise to tell them all that they're going to survive. It is going to bring them when out. When this is done, we're all going to go fishing. Yeah. And then he does have a lot of that mine fall on top of him as he's going back to the truck. It literally fractures his arm. You see the chunk sticking out of him. When he climbs into the truck and it starts caving down on him, this is literally the T-Rex stepping on the truck in Jurassic Park. Yeah, you are all over these Jurassic Park parallels here. Yeah, this is ripped right out of that, and I'm kind of upset at it. I'm also upset that the way he gets the tracker to work is he kicks it a bunch again. Yeah. Well, I, it's got the standard, like, it's like the light switch up and down, so all he has to do is kick the switch, but... No, no, no. There was no switch. He just kicked... Was. No, he, he kicked it until it worked. It was one of those, uh, like, I don't know. you just bang on the electronic till it works. I feel like this was a problem with people's understanding of technology in the 80s and 90s. It just frustrates me when he that's... He fucking like, does the fawns and just, like, hits yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. And I was like, oh, my God. So, he's laying in this truck Pretty much crushed. He's got very little room. But they got him. They pull him out of there. Yeah. Two days later, he would have bled out. Well. He has a fractured arm and he's trapped in this truck. Like the guy would have died. There's no way that they're pulling him out of here. Well, to but hold on. If, if, the, if the pieces of mine are it lodged in his arm, they might be blocking the blood. If you get stabbed <laughs> with a knife, you're not supposed to pull it out. No, for real. Yeah. You're not supposed to pull it out because maybe, maybe, maybe that's the thing. His arm was fractured. You could see the bones coming out. You're telling me that there were no like veins or arteries that were ruptured in that break? Okay, how about this though? Here's a more realistic problem. Why hasn't he soiled himself? Well, he walks he, out of that mine, <laughs> pants dry as a bone. They'd be soaking True. wet and pissing shit. He would have been messy pants. You're right. Yeah. He also didn't have any food or water in that day and a half that he was you in. You can there. survive a day and a half with that, whatever. Can, but those know. pants should not be dry. Anyway, <laughs> they try to build some tension here by not having the Mary and her kids emerge right away. But we know they aren't killing any of them this late in the game. And sure enough, they walk out to their own round of applause, which only intensifies when Brosnan starts making out with the mayor. And all I could think of was, how long were they on there? Their breath must be awful. <laughs> yeah, they'd waited a while, though, to lock lips, right? This was something that they'd been hoping would happen for days. Um, so they don't get to fulfill the full, like, plunge into the at this point but it's where <laughs> things are going very shortly i'm sure yeah that's true that'll that, that's definitely where we're headed but uh not yet we basically can reach the end here the mayor's son asked brosnan if he meant what he said about taking them fishing he says yes then he grabs the mayor's hand as we hit the credits and uh there's like eight minutes of credits here i couldn't believe it yeah it's true they kind of they get flown out of there i was half hoping the chopper would go down i don't know why it was just, <laughs> just the mood i was in i was just like just make it all end in after tragedy. all that no way yeah but of course it wouldn't. It was very, very paint by numbers. I feel like the writers of this just got really drunk or high and watched a bunch of the successful like disaster movies of the last like 10 years and took the best parts from them and put them in here. I mean, that's what you always get, right? You have a successful formula and you get imitations and like lesser versions and that's just kind of par for the course. But I have mixed feelings about how bad this was. Let's cover it right now in our ratings. The way we always do this, we have to move in a scale of 1 to 10 two times. 1 to 10 for how bad it is, 1 to 10 for how enjoyable, and the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales, or what we call the Crit 20. And like I said, I have mixed feelings about this because the action sequences, like we already mentioned, were pretty decent. Disaster effects done well other than the lava. 
I could credibly believe that most of this was actually happening. So that's good. However, I could not believe some of the ways they were able to get out of danger. That is by far my biggest gripe with this. Like there are three times where they absolutely should have died, but the screenwriters just keep pushing them through. And that kind of took me out of it. Um, in terms of the acting, Brosnan's charming and handsome. I thought Linda Hamilton did a good job, but weirdly, I felt like a lot of the minor parts were poorly acted. Like the director spent all his time with the two leads and didn't bother pushing anyone else for a good performance. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of token characters. Like the science team has like very token. It has a token smart woman, a token like brown person. Foreign guy, I was yeah, going to say. Yeah. yeah. It's got like a lot of those token characters. The Hawaiian there. shirt wearing comic relief tech, like you said. Terry's yeah, little. Yeah. Exactly. So I agree that those aren't very well developed. The boss character is okay. Like, I token as well. He's a very soft yeah, character also. That's true. I don't know. The kids do actually a decent job, I think, for kid actors. But they're also stock haired. That yeah. girl is just the same like plucky girl that you see everything else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't disagree with you. Uh, so there's that. Overall, I found this to be a pretty standard disaster movie for all the reasons we just said. It hits all the beats you'd expect, but there were a few parts that were boring and or didn't really contribute anything to the plot. So that, along with the unrealistic nature of some of their escapes, definitely dinged this one for me. I have it as an eight bad. How about you? Okay. Um, so this is not my first time watching this. Ah, of course. It came out in the 90s. We used to go to the movie theater every week to see Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it one, week, out, one so. <laughs> week it was sold out, so I went to Dante's Peak. And I remember liking this um, when I watched it back then. I, I remember watching this and Volcano and this being my preferred of the two disaster movies, like Volcano disaster movies. Um, and I think that's maybe because the action is good. I did have lots of problems with it. I thought it was very paint by numbers. I felt like they ripped off a lot of the content from other successful ones that had come before it. I felt like the drama didn't work for me. Most of the dramatic moments didn't sell it. I was laughing rather than feeling like... Yeah, it's never a good sign. No, yeah. <laughs> which is, either says something about me or it says something about how well this was written or performed. I actually thought Brosnan did not do a great job in you this. You mentioned that earlier. I thought he was fine. He's just there to be Pierce Brosnan. I thought Hamilton was better, I think, of the two. She's a good actress. Yeah, I thought she... probably she, does not get uh, the credit she deserves historically. I thought she carried it more. Um all of that together, I had this as a seven bad. Okay, so we're close. But how enjoyable did you find this movie on a scale of one to ten? So I really liked the effects, destruction, the action. I thought it was good at setting the mood. I liked the science porn aspects of it in some ways. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, it doesn't age necessarily that well, but I like the inclusions. I think the location is really good, too. Yeah, you mentioned that kind of at the beginning. And it is. It's a very picturesque, like, the small town element, but also the topography, like the mountains, the forest and stuff. So, so yeah. I enjoyed that. There was quite a bit of build, which was nice. Like, you mentioned at the start, like, where's this build? We're going right into it. But over half our movie was, like, trying to connect to this family and characters. Yeah, they start us out hot and kind of bring us down for a while. Yeah, and, and then we still have a good, like, 40 minutes of the actual escape. The balance of that timing worked well for me, I think. I like the way that that was organized. That being said, I was annoyed by the paint by numbers. I was annoyed that I wasn't sold on the drama, and I was really angry at that scene where they drove over the lava. And oh, didn't such explode. bullshit. Maybe that's why I wanted the helicopter to go down in the end. I was just like, you should not be alive. <laughs> and this, they should have died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You wanted just, them the final destination. I wanted, it. yeah, like Carmen Judd. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. This was the final destination moment. So I had this as a six enjoyable. Okay, we're pretty close here. I, I, You mentioned having seen this and Volcano. I don't remember much about Volcano at all, and I especially don't remember which of these two was considered the better movie the time they both came out, which that might have helped me with my enjoyable rating because I had pretty low expectations going into this, 
And while I won't say this was a pleasant surprise, it was definitely more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Like I said, I like Pierce Brosnan, I like Linda Hamilton, some good set pieces, decent action. I'm going to give this a five for enjoyable. Did I have a good time watching it? Not really. (laughs) But do I regret watching it? Not really. Uh, Would I watch it again? Like, not on my own, but if somebody else wanted to watch it, maybe. So I overall just kind of feel very neutral about this movie. So I'm going to go with the five. All right, that's fair. Um, I looked it up, and out of the two movies, Volcano and Dante's Peak... This one has dramatically worse reviews. Really? Okay, because yeah. I my memory of Volcano, and it's very limited, but I remember Volcano having some like truly ridiculous shit in it. Yeah. I, some, like absurd nonsense that I was remember, even less realistic than this. I remember feeling like this was the more likely of movies to be true back, back then, but apparently this one is resoundly shit on, and I don't know what that is. Maybe it is the like not getting out when there were so many signs. Maybe it was... Like, that relationship feeling kind of funny and forced. I don't that know. That lava crossing in the truck. Yeah, that one will forever be there. Maybe this is why it won our poll, man. It's got the worst reviews and worst rating. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. Maybe the audience got it right. Yeah, well, thank you. Didn't. Thank you to all of you who voted on this. <laughs> Absolutely. It was fun to do for our very first episode of season four. Thank for you. For sure. For listening. Uh, we're back again for for more episodes. Yeah, speaking of fun to do, what do you think of this beer? Oh, my God. It was absolutely crushable. Yeah, so this is the third beer I've had now from Aslan. And full disclosure, they were all fruited sours, and they were all fucking delicious. And this one, just incredibly tasty. We're both on our second tall can of the of the journey here. And, man, I, like, it's our first episode of the season. I already threw it down. This is a contender for, like, the top five beers this end of the year. It's a high bar to start, man. This is very good. Yeah, it starts with, like, a more tart I would say the blackberry uh, feeling. And then it definitely transitions to a very smooth blueberry and vanilla flavor, right? I think it finishes really, really easy. There's no real bite to it. Very, very enjoyable. I mean, most fruited sours are a good go-to summer beverage. Definitely. Now, it does contain, you didn't mention the milk sugar, the lactose in here. And I generally don't like beers that have lactose in them. But in this, it's virtually undetectable. I don't get that like lactose flavor that a lot of other beers have, which makes it even more delicious for me. The lactose sugars tend to make beers quite sweet. And I feel like it works with the blueberry and vanilla flavor. Uh, it functions here. I tend to not like them in IPAs. Okay. Like, I, I find that it's weird in an IPA, I feel. They're used quite a bit in them, and I find it makes them too sweet, Um, but I quite enjoy them in a sour. See, I don't, but again, when it's kind of hidden like this, you're like, you're right, the, the blueberry and vanilla, they take over the sweet side, and the tartness from the blackberry kind of balances it out. This was really enjoyable, really delicious, and I strongly recommend this, along with, again, I've had three Aslan beers. They've all been great. If you are in Virginia... Or Pittsburgh, or I think everyone in Washington, check them out, man. You will not be disappointed. This is a great brewery, great beer to start the season. But what we are going to be watching two weeks from now, this is the one I'm really excited about to start the season off. We are going to be talking about the Toxic Avenger. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. This, um, you've seen this before. Yeah, I've watched this once before and I laughed my ass off. This is sort of the like premier offering from the trauma, trauma. Yeah, Cine- yeah. We watched, we watched uh, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town by request, I think, in our second season. Had a fucking great time with that. But this is trauma's like iconic character, it's their mascot essentially. And it is just an absolute classic. 
Because you mentioned laughing. I fucking was laughing the whole time. It's oh, a great one. I am excited to watch this again. I, I can't wait for some of those locker room scenes. To, to- <laughs> <laughs> High hopes for sure. Like yeah. I said, like we were going to leave the first episode of the audience, but I'm like, and then we're fucking doing Toxic Avenger. So that's how I want to start this year off. Oh, I love that we're starting off with a bang here, both with uh, our Dante's Peak explosions and Toxic Avenger. That's really, really exciting. Definitely. So as we said at the top of this thing, it'll be two weeks from now, not one week. Uh, before then, if you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We are definitely looking for suggestions for our fourth season. So feel free to send messages to the DMS of our social media accounts or to uh, send us an email, the BMB podcast at gmail.com. Yep. We do have a couple of audience requests already coming up, but we're always willing to take more. Thank you for joining us today for Dante's Peak. We hope you'll join us in two weeks for The Toxic Avenger. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep the magma flowing. Is that a euphemism? I agree with that. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look back.